0: second from Blau Weiß sein lieben lang. Herzlich willkommen zu Huk auf Schalke America. Welcome back. It's been a while since international break. Uh, apparently, is still on vacation as well. But uh, yeah, I'm your host Richard Carmen. Joining me on episode 184 is co-host Jack Mangan. Jack, welcome back.
1: Back with the bang, bang and <laughs> the goals, but unfortunately not us doing that. Um, yeah, yeah, Leverkusen uh, strikes again. I think. We were the uh, the kind of the inaugural match for uh, for Alonzo as, as manager of, of Leverkusen when he took over earlier in the season, if I'm not mistaken. I think Indeed. it was a four was nil. Indeed. Um, this one was very much kind of in the same vein. Ultimately, maybe not for the entirety of the 90 minutes. We can get into that uh, and kind of discuss. But yeah, not, not a great way back from the uh, the international break and putting pressure on ourselves here down the stretch.
0: Yeah, uh, hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, kudos to Alonzo because he even told the team ahead of the game that you know, hey, look, take Shaka seriously because they've faced the best teams in the league and they played them all well. So we need to bring our A games. And uh, I think eventually and realized that and kind of got their stuff together. Um, let's get into the real quick. Let's right away and uh, you know get into this because this is this is gonna be a misery podcast pretty much. Uh, and some um uh, pour some out for the unbeaten streak, by the way. Yeah, because- yeah. That, that, that yeah. was, was that it was? We had eight games then, eight games, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that,
1: yeah, fi- finally, somebody uh, somebody breaks that, but uh, good run,
0: yeah, it was a good run. Um, unfortunately for us, Hoffenheim and uh, Bochum just could or uh, Hoffenheim, oh, yeah, Hoffenheim and Bochum, and uh, who else they could just uh, every, with. every,
1: okay, so we're on 17th at the moment. Every team from 16th to 6th scored points this weekend,
0: yep, yeah. yeah, and Hoffenheim and Bochum, who are our direct rivals, got wins again. Um, yeah. anyway, so lineup, uh, Fairman and goal back for Bruner, Yoshida, Grimel, instead of, uh, Jens, who was injured, uh, and Matriciani, uh, holding midfielders of Kral and Krause with Drexler back in the lineup with Salter and the 10 roll with Boulter and Frey up top. Um, thoughts on Grimal's insertion and then seeing, uh, Drexler back in the lineup.
1: Um, I mean, the Grimal thing is obviously kind of out of necessity, so, I mean, it's not. Yeah, I mean, it's good to get a look at him, I guess, because we haven't actually yeah. seen all that much of him since he joined. To be yeah. to be honest, he's just kind of like he was a young signing that some people were like kind of intrigued by, and then like we just really haven't really had that much of an opportunity to evaluate him. Um, so interesting, uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously not first choice. We that that Yen's Yoshida partnership have been running quite well uh, for us, but um, you know, outside of that, pretty standard line. of picks up for Matriciani still at left back uh, in the absence of like Rinnen and, and Noiyan. Um, uh, yeah, Drexler back in the starting lineup. I don't really think that he had actually a particularly impactful performance here, which I think is the case for a lot of. I don't think there were many standout performances on the Schalke side of things, unfortunately. So, uh, but yeah, I'm fine with the lineup for the most part.
0: Yeah, uh, Matriciani coming off his uh, debut with the under 21s in Germany and uh, doing well, uh, in there. And obviously, Bundesliga rookie of the month, Bundesliga rookie of the month, indeed, indeed. And Krauss was the month before that or nominated or whatever. So, yeah, uh the youngsters, you know, trying to make a name for themselves. Uh Matriciani's saying it was good to represent his national team. Uh Germany uh for a change was good there. Uh look at the at the rivals, the the rivals, the visitors. Uh Rideski, good goalkeeper in back there. Uh Tapsubu, Ta, Jonathan Ta, and uh, Kosono in back, uh with Hincapi, Andrish uh, Palacios, Frimpong, who scored a goal in this one. Uh Adli, Verts, and Diaby up top. Um, I mean, it's a solid lineup. I mean, this team has been rolling. Um, they have now more wins than losses in the season after this game, and um, yeah, they're just—they I mean, beat Bayern recently, so they've been, they've been humming along, and they're and they're moving along in the uh, what are they in Europa League or something like that. So they're humming along under Chabi Alonso.
1: Yeah, it is a good squad. I think there's a lot of different players that had um, moments in in this game where you you know where you really saw something from them. Um, I think uh, Ta was, was really influential in kind of limiting um, the physicality of 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 Fry up top. Yeah. Um I think he was less effective in sort of like uh aerial duels, especially when we're trying to progress the ball over the top initially on long balls. I think I think Ta kinda of shut a lot of that down. Uh, I think Tapsawa was very good. I think uh, uh, even uh Kosanu or whatever, uh to, I think maybe he was in positions to kind of like get exposed a little bit more, right. but even he had a lot of moments that I thought were like really good recovery moments defensively. Um, so even when he like kind of got into trouble, he would find a way to like close it down. And then, yeah, and then there's just, there's all kinds of uh, you know talent going forward. For them, and we were hurt by Frimpong, we were hurt by Diaby. Florian Verts was great. Oddly had a number of moments. Yeah. Um, you know, Andrich, I don't think, was fantastic, but had like some shots on target and everything. So yeah, good squad. Um, definitely, I think, overmatched on, on paper for sure. And uh, I think over the course of 90 minutes, as the game continued, they started to really kind of stamp their quality um on yeah. the match.
0: I think I mean you look at the final scoreline three-nothing goals by Frimpong Verts and uh, Osborne and, and stoppage time, and you're thinking, Man, it should just it was just a beatdown uh and it really wasn't i mean i think at least from my perspective i thought the first 45 minutes particularly probably the first 25 minutes or so Shaka did pretty well i thought i mean obviously the final third was was struggling fairman came up with at least four or five big saves in that first half and i so i mean we look like competitive in the first half I, I would say um and then second half as the second half wore on it started really with a bang with gold from pong's goal uh and just continued to build off of that you know two cool two quick goals and you know within 10 minutes or so and then um yeah, pretty much lights out we just couldn't do anything i mean is that did you have the same assessment of that of the game or how did you feel about you know not only the first app of this the game in general
1: no i would agree i would i would say the first part yeah 15 20 minutes especially i thought that it was a fairly strong performance and like the energy levels were good and, and you know the the extent to which we were going in for duels and putting a lot of pressure on them under possession, winning the ball back in their half a number of times, yeah, um, Yeah. which was nice. Although I did think at the same time we we already looked kind of naive in terms of how high our center backs were playing and our our back line was pretty consistently up by midfielder in in advance of it. Um, And I think that's i mean that's one thing if you're like in possession and you're building through them and but so often we were progressing balls early into the final third with long balls and if you're doing that you can you know center backs don't have to be in the opposite opposition have to play a long ball into the bottom you know what i mean like it just just felt so anyway there were moments very early on where they were countering us with numbers and it looked like they were dangerous and could hurt us and we kind of got away with it and then you know that became a problem over the course of 90 minutes but yeah I, i do think the start was decent and the first half in general um, even though they got the best of it I don't think they got the best of it by a huge margin and I think zero zero and half was um f- feeling okay about it at least and that's why I was disappointed that it ultimately unraveled to the extent that it did in the second half
0: yeah I, I agree about that it, it felt similar but not as bad as the union Berlin game the first time around where it was really close in the first half and all of a sudden it just exploded in the second half it wasn't as bad as that but it felt kind of similar to that um yeah I mean I think you know we saw i think machianani seemed like he got a uh, a boost from the from the uh, national team call-up where he felt he was trying to throw his weight around a little bit more. He seemed a little bit more, was a little more swagger. Not necessarily making great plays at times because he was getting beat by, I think, from Pong or Diaby on, on, a, a couple times in the first half. But for the most part, there's more physical play to to Metriciani in the game, I thought. I think Bolter early, early was lively. Um, and if, as the half wore on in the first half, I think Leverkusen started realizing he was a danger man and kind of like snuffed him out really. But the first 10-15 minutes, it was Boulter was lively. Uh, got into the box, made some crosses in there. Um, yeah, I mean it was a decent first half. I agree about your comment about Drexler. I mean, he was really non-existent for the most part in the game. Unfortunately, he wasn't the impact that we were hoping for. Uh Bruner got exposed on the first goal, big time, uh, but uh as well. <coughs> it was just yeah, it wasn't uh we, we I guess, like you said, we deserved and for, were fortunate in the first half to be zero zero but second half, it just kind of opened up and it took advantage.
1: Yeah, uh, they did. Uh, Matriciani overall, I thought, did decent. Um, but yeah, definitely got exposed by Frimpong in, in particular. Uh, I mean, the times where Frimpong decided that he really wanted to get to the online and get around him on the shoulder, he can kind of do that at will. Easy, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like, they talk about, like, Matriciani's top speed. Being like actually like very <laughs> very high, which is fine. He was at the but highest of the game of, of, at one point. But, but yeah, but in terms of his like first step, he doesn't have like the quickness no, of first step. No. That's some, like, and, and that's I mean, so that's fine. Maybe if you're going over like a you know a full half field sprints or something that he can reach some pretty high speeds. But uh, yeah, wasn't able to really compete on that end. Um, He's yeah, like the that fir-
0: locomotive. He's like the locomotive that starts a really slow, builds up speed, and eventually you know it takes off. And that's kind
1: of like. No, but I do agree. He had like a, a little more of a physical performance. Um, Both, I agree. Started very. I mean. It was was influential. Fry wasn't great, but had moments of um kind of like uh uh link up play and stuff that yeah. were quite good. Had some nice combination play with Bolter at times. Um uh yeah and then the second I mean what was the first goal? That was the that was the tap in uh for uh yeah. from Diaby. Um yeah yeah. Bruner just
0: exposed to... back door. didn't even catch it. Both both he and Johnny missed their guys completely. I mean Diaby and, and from Pong just walked in basically
1: yeah, not uh, not ideal. Um, no. the second goal, uh, I feel like you have to give a little bit more credit to Leverkusen. That was just very nicely worked. Um, that was Florian Verts, and and um, uh, I think that was maybe Diaby that he played that off of again. Yeah. yeah. Um, or maybe it was Oddly, I forget. It could have been Oddly. Um, yeah. uh, and then Verts kind of danced through the center of the box and and finished that quite nicely. What'd you make um, of
0: the of Grimal on that play? Because a lot of people were giving him shtick for kind of just standing there and getting fainted by a shoulder. And Verts is going right by him and scoring the goal.
1: Y- yes. I-, I think he could have been a little bit more direct and tried to like initiate. I mean, I, people I were think. afraid of like getting penalties. I think he could have stepped toward him a little bit more instead of kind of like, you know, moving yeah. horizontal or whatever. Um, and because he kind of left himself in position. But I think that's just nice feet and, and nice, nice balance and, and sort of body movement by by Verts. And then um, he kind of took the finish early and, and, and very smoothly. I mean, I, I thought it was a really we talk so often about not giving up cheap goals and you could say like, Oh, they passed your s 2 Easy or something like that. But that's a, that's a well-worked goal for Leverkusen. That was like really well, I think that's the kind of goal that I'm like, not that upset about all the time. Like, you know, it's really clever, nice combination play. Give him some credit. Um, it was really the third goal was just kind of disappointing as well, you know, right at the end there. But, um,
0: Virtually had in the first half too where he had a nice chip pass over to somebody and they almost got a goal. I think Fairman had the double save on that uh when virtually yeah, really nice had to get really down, nicely worked. Yeah.
1: Strong hand, low. Um yeah. yeah, good stuff for Fairman. Fairman had a decent performance overall. Yeah. I, mean, I don't really think any of the goals were like significantly his fault or anything. So No. Um at least I'm, unless I'm forgetting something so. Um yeah. Uh we just didn't create a lot ultimately. Uh I'm I'm yeah. struggling to remember that many clear cut chances that we ultimately had. I think there was, once again, it's just like the final balls missing. Bolter got yeah. in behind once with Tirada. When he, you know, shortly after he came on and the ball from Bolter was just out in front of him and didn't reach him. You know what I mean? It's the kind yeah. of thing where it's like essentially a one V one with the keeper for a header or something along those lines. If you just kind of get it to him. Um, Salats are not particularly impactful in on this one. I really thought it was Bolter for the most part Yeah, on the offensive end. Um, yeah, Belanta. Yeah. Belanta was also pushing very high. Yeah. Um which I didn't think he's normally done when he's been on the pitch so he was he was involved in like the offensive final third of times and then that was really hurting us in transition moments because he isn't the fastest in terms of getting back and covering ground and like the whole <laughs> point of him for the most part is to like in my opinion is to kind of be more of an enforcer. Exactly. Um because like I don't think his passing is that particularly crisp. Um, no. you know what I mean? Like, he seems to be like decent ball control and decent dribbling. I don't think his his actual like distribution or passing is great though. So, for me, it's more just kind of like he needs to screen for his defenders. And if he's pushing that far up, he can't really do that, especially in transition. Exactly. That was not so. Yeah, I just felt like our approach was kind of naive in this game for some reason, which was strange because Rice usually has us more organized and more practical than that. But I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it.
0: No, I mean I think it's fair. And off to you, Waflo. Um. Yeah, it just seemed like a, a, an odd game overall. I mean, people weren't doing the positions that they're really best at. I think in the game, they kind of just got out of their 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 sweet spot, I guess. And uh, a Damian statistic, statistically heard it during the game, uh, and I forget who the the commentator was again. But um, now they're talking about Fairman. Fairman was like, oh, Fairman was the starting keeper when Schalke was last relegated. And they went to Norwich and they were relegated. And then they went to Norway and they were relegated. And now it's back to Schalke. I was like, great, great, great. Now you know he he is he is the one Schalke player on the team who's in, who's actually playing who has that blood in him so you know he needs to be playing anyway but uh yeah it just uh overall like i said the first half was decent by us but it just as the half wore on it was just getting worse and worse and it puts us in a difficult situation i mean we're not going to put cutting bones about this this is going to be a shorter podcast it's because the importance of the next two games are are immense they're must wins yeah if we had any must wins these are must wins and i think I think it's safe to say, and feel free to argue with me, but it's safe to say if we don't win these next two games, you can kiss the survival goodbye. Yeah.
1: No, I agree. I mean, once again, we're not going to be, we're not likely to be mathematically done if we don't win both those games at that point. We might still technically have a chance. But yeah, realistically, these are two, two opponents that are very close to us on the table. These are sort of direct relegation um, rivals. If we don't do that, it's very unlikely that we're going to be um, in a position to overcome them, even if we won out. And then yep. you also look at who the opponents are that we'd have to win out against, and you have some significantly harder opponents and bigger names in there as well. So these are you know not only you know more winnable games because of the quality of the opposition, but they're also vital because of who the opposition is, which is once again lower table opponents. So yeah, I agree with you. Must win it. Yeah,
0: yeah the, the the last three teams are top six teams. Um yeah. it, it's difficult, and it doesn't help that Hoffenheim and Bulkham are getting wins, right? They both got two wins in the last you know three weeks each. Um, they're getting points when they need it. I mean, we get these next six points that puts us automatically in 14th place, assuming Bulcom doesn't get any points against Stuttgart and you know, um Hertha doesn't get a result or or, or Hoffner don't get any results either. Um, but again, like you said, we're not technically mathematically correct, but I mean it puts us in a a miracle type of situation where we have to pull pull results that we probably have no business pulling results uh just to survive, and that's gonna be a hard ass. I mean, it's gonna be a lot easier not easy but a lot easier with the two wins uh, in these next two games and then you know try to get some draws here and there or something but man it's not easy right now and then um oh go ahead
1: no oh sorry i was just going to uh, say like yeah i mean if we if we lose for example if we lose the next two games i think at that point we're in a position where we probably don't even control our own destiny
0: no um right. mathematically 100%. you know if we yeah so it'll, yeah it'll be tough um for sure yeah, I don't even That's know. Right. Even I don't even know if we win those next two games. We we held you know, holding in our destiny, honestly. Uh, yep, I mean,
1: we, we beat Bochum, and then they've picked up seven from nine possible <laughs> since, since we beat them. You know what I mean? Like, it's
0: ridiculous. Yeah, not, yeah. Not yeah, great. And, and Hoffenheim, like I said, Hoffenheim beat well, who they beat? Uh, Werder Bremen or Wolfsburg this past weekend. So I mean, like Werder, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, it's Wolfsburg a break. drew with somebody. Yeah, um, so we can't catch a break. Um, but uh, yeah, it's not easy. And then you know, we uh, we have to, in one sense start getting ready for fight the league just in case and to start making plans for in the at this point you got to make two plans we were in this situation before um and and what's his name um what's his name uh rovin schroeder i already forgot his name uh like even last year he was saying like we weren't sure if we're going to get promoted or not so i have to make, start making two plans and you have to at this point because you don't know what's going to what's going to go on one thing we do know for sure at least is that um the man number 9 will not be with us next season uh no matter what happens apparently so He's just looking for a change of scenery. And I can I can understand it to an extent. You know, not getting the starting time, having a bad season overall. Um, I hope for him, his sake and his career, that he doesn't go back to this fight the liga. He picks up with one of the you know, one of the top four teams or something like that, and gets a chance to try to score some goals again. Who knows? Um maybe it goes to Byron, who knows? <laughs> that would be something. But uh yeah, he's not gonna be with us next year's Simo uh, which is not necessarily bad because you got Kiki Top. On the you know that we can we can get from the youth academy also Peringer who's lighting it up in the Zweite Liga, um so we know he can score in the Zweite Liga if we're there or he can bring him up in the top league wherever we are, I think both those guys maybe go with the two striker system or something, uh next year, uh but uh, it's not too early to start thinking about the future, uh both for two divisions possibly. Yeah, look
1: sad, but also you know when you when you signed Tirada you didn't expect it to be a long term situation anyway. Yeah. Um, Didn't expect 30 bit, goals and he got it. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, like he, he, he played the role that we signed him to play. Yep. Yeah. This, this season was kind of gravy. Um, he's been a little bit more of a mercenary recently anyway. So, like, look, yeah. I mean, like, it's, it's yeah. not something I'm like particularly upset about, but appreciate what he contributed to the club. Some great memories with him. Um, I was still thinking about. It. I was thinking about what. What are my some of the favorite goals that he scored for us that I, that I love the most? And like the funny thing is, one of the one that always stands out to me, and it's not important or even that impressive. It was one of the first goals he scored early in the season last I guess year. Hamburg? It may have been I forget, but it, it's one where there's kind of a ball sort of into the box, and he like plays it off of his chest. And in sort of one fluid moment, kind of like turns and then almost kind of like almost toe pokes into the far corner. Oh, okay. And it was yeah, just yeah. like the economy of motion and how decisive that was. Yeah. And like he knew yeah. where the corner was and just used his body, spun his defender, and finished it. And it was like, where has that been? Yeah.
0: yeah. Over
1: the last couple of seasons. It was like yeah. so early in the season that was like, that's a proper, you know, number nine. So like yeah. that's one that always just stands out. I was so excited about that. I don't know if you have anything that you wanted to shout out briefly, just in yeah. Honor of Prada.
0: Yeah, you know, like obviously the first game against Hamburg, where we weren't sure what we we're gonna get with Toronto with, with our team, and yes, Hamburg won that game, but you know, his he scored the first goal of the season, I think, for us, where he comes down the left hand side, he's beating his man, and then chips it over the goalkeeper to get the first goal. We're like, okay, oh, well, we got a striker on our hands, and then there's another one where. I don't remember what part of the season, probably sometime in the middle of the season, but it was, uh, it was a big game for us. And Boulter coming down the left hand side, as he always does, crossing to the middle, and one of those toe pokes again. Boulter comes out of nowhere and just toe pokes it past the goalkeeper. And like, that's what we've been missing, you know, Poacher. And then I think also another one of six hours, is obviously the, um, the Sandhausen game, the game we had to have at the end of the season. And, you know, Idrizi, you know, did what he did to get, get him the ball. And he just, it wasn't the best goal, but he found a way to get it into the back of the net. And it was a game winning goal in the dying minutes of the game. And, Ultimately helped our survival, uh, promotion, and and that season. So I mean, it, was the, the, it wasn't even nothing spectacular. It wasn't like the phenomenal freaking um, Mehmet Chen goal with a karate kick. It wasn't that or anything? But it was just simple goals, but it's simple goals that we've been missing for years, maybe a decade even since Houtalour this first time around and Raul. So it, it's just nice to have a striker, uh, at least for a couple of seasons or at least one season. And uh, you know he'll be missing. He should be. He should be go down as obviously a shot great scoring, 30 goals for us, uh, club record. Uh, for us, even though it's in the fight the league, it doesn't matter. I still got the most goals in one season, breaking Huntalar and, um, um, oh, my God, uh, Olaf Thun. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, super impressive. Um, and, uh, yeah, we missed. And here's the thing. I mean, hopefully he can play a role down the stretch. It hasn't really worked out for him in the Bundesliga. Um, I think that's kind of what everyone expected for the most part. Yep. Um, it hadn't previously. There's really no indication that at this point in his career it would. Obviously, we were hopeful. Just because, yeah. you know, we, we just, I mean, it, obviously it'd be nice for Schalke in general, but also cause I think we're fans of him at this point. Like he's kind of won us over yeah. um, with kind of the way he's kind of carried himself and everything since he's been here. So it would have been nice for him to have a little bit more success than he's had so far. And I hope he's able to uh, knock in one or two more before his time in the Bundesliga is over, because this might be uh, the last time he plays in this uh, this level.
0: Maybe he gets the deciding goal that keeps us in the, in the Bundesliga. Who knows, right? Uh, that'd, that'd be a good cool. way to go. That'd be cool to go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting stretch here down the run, and running. like he's been a good servant to the club in this short time. Is what we need, we expected, and we got from him. Um, you always wonder. I mean, it, it kind of the season kind of started with those two penalty misses that he had. It kind of like set the tone. It seemed like in a negative way. Uh, but you know, overall, it just whatever it is, whatever the reason is with the Bundesliga, it kind of he's still he's still a legit striker, and he obviously shows it with the. All time record in the fight to league with goals, so you know he'll be missed. But hopefully, we can end the season strong and uh, somehow find a way to survive. So we shall see. Um, any no injury news that I can think of, right? crawl um, didn't play an international break. Nothing really crazy I think happened. Any updates on Jens or or Jens?
1: Not that I saw. Um, I may have missed something, but yeah. Um, hopefully, he's back sooner rather than later. Vandenberg's still out there somewhere in the ether. Kaminsky. Yeah. Um Kazuki somewhere. Yeah. Of... Latza.
0: <laughs> we just so, keep picking yeah, up injuries the... left and right. De-
1: decent, yeah, Erin and O'Yan. There's a decent number of injuries at the moment. So hopefully we can get some of those guys back.
0: I mean, I think next year is going to be interesting when we look at the team, no matter what league we're in. Obviously, if we go to the Spite the League, it's going to be a whole big overhaul. I mean, if you, we stay in the league, you still have guys like Salazar, Oeyan. But like you need to have more reliable like we have too many injuries and i don't know if it's it's the medical staff or what is going on but we have far too many injuries and inopportunity we don't have the depth we don't have the money for it we need a we probably still won't have any money if we stay in the bundesliga but we need to find some way to get depth because we're struggling at the moment and you know all these free course, signings
1: peeringer could Pering, pairing who says no up top yeah you know, I, th- I think he going you bring ahmed back home that's what i'm saying yeah. um nice free transfer. Uh, it sounds like uh, Pookie is departing Norwich at the end of the season. Pookie party part two. Um, I doubt that he's going to want to come to the uh, the uh Liga from the Premier. Uh, you know where Norwich even in the Premier League this season? I'm not even paying attention. Uh, I don't even know. Yeah, no, I
0: don't know. I don't know.
1: <laughs> that's terrible that I don't even know that. Like, this, I, I was about to say that and then I questioned myself because I realized that I'm not even confident about that. Shows you how much Premier League I. I, I, I don't watch think this they're season. in this fight. I don't think they um, I think not nearly as much as I normally do as a neutral, But yeah. Anyway, anyway, good
0: to know. Good question. Throwing
1: that out there. Former Chicago player, uh, potentially available.
0: Yeah. Either way, I think we have Rice, right? He he had is a his, uh, his deal meaning his deal has him in this in the Spai Liga if we go down uh, or stay up. Right? I assume right. That's what I heard. Yeah, I think. I think so. So yeah, hopefully
1: so. he stays. Um, yeah, listen, I've been I've been pretty impressed so far. Um, I mean, not nothing insane, but like, yeah, he studied the ship very quickly after that, especially after that Leipzig game when we brought in Jensen. he was able to get a couple more players to kind of fill out the squad and not recover from injuries. Um, you know, great defensive record for the most part, um, and I think you know doing whatever doing what he can with the offensive talent we have, which is not ideal at the moment.
0: Well, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll soon know our. We'll have a better idea of our fate here over the next, I mean arguably seven days. Um was supposed to be fifth? So the next nine days we'll know because we play Hoffenheim Sunday, April 9th at 1 p.m. Eastern time, twelve thirty Jack Chicago land time. <laughs> uh and then just what five days later, uh Friday game at two thirty, the dreaded Friday game against Hertha. Um so yeah, by that time we'll have a good idea of whether we're we're gonna be in Confined to our result, or hey, there's hope we got a chance, right? Uh, luckily, Stuttgart are playing as we hoped. <laughs> uh, sorry to our friends uh, in Ohio, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Last ride in those next two games, they are the absolute must win games of the season, so uh, it'll be nervous for all of us for sure. Better <laughs> well um, be. Uh, any shout outs before we uh head out of here because keep it short.
1: None. None whatsoever.
0: Right on. Uh, shout out to those who in the chat, well uh, well so also those on, on the Discord channel. And then um, yeah, all those who are follow us on Facebook, Twitch, and uh, YouTube as well. And Twitter. We don't forget about you as well. But uh yeah. Uh Jack, where can our followers find you on social media?
1: At J M Mangan, J M M A N G A N on Twitter.
0: Very good, very good. Uh next podcast should be longer, hopefully. We'll see. Depends on the results. <laughs> uh, you can follow me at r underscore kharman on Twitter and everywhere else on social media. So uh, for Jack, for myself, uh, April 9th, mark it on your calendars. Huge game. Uh, makes a make or break our season pretty much for the most part. Anyway, we'll catch you then. Look out.